I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And welcome to another episode of Mahogany Mammology, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. And before we get into our episode, I know y'all need to get some merch. Come on now. Gotta get, get the t-shirt. Gotta get the mug so you can be listening to us while drinking your hot coffee, your tea, maybe some wine. I don't know. Whatever your beverage is, get the mug, get the shirt, be a conversation starter. You'll find it on the website, mahoganymomology.com. And now, on to the show. Yeah. So, so we were talking like, okay, about black Jewish moms. But I Ella think, random conversation. Yeah, random, random, random. But let's see. If you want to think modern times, you want to say like people like uh, Rashida Jones, like the daughter of Quincy Jones. Oh, really? Yes. Whoopi Goldberg. I and of that. course, uh, Tiffany Haddish, yeah. if you didn't, you know, listen to her comedy special, are some of the notable African-American Jewish celebrities. However, we can theorize that maybe their celebrity status kind of made that transition easier to acclimate than, you know, the non-celebrities or just, you know, get used to that. Um, today, we're going to discuss the past path of being a Black Jewish mom in a society with our guest mammologist, Miss Aviva Brown. Welcome. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be with you today. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Well, let me tell you all about Aviva. Aviva and her children converted to Judaism in 2017, but during the preceding years of her Jewish study, she noticed a lack of racial diversity among Jewish children's literature. In uh, the late 2018, Aviva read a quote by author Beverly Clearly, if you don't see the book you want on the shelf, write it. Well, based upon that, now she's even been named the North Carolina's Mother of the Year 2020 by American Mothers. Congratulations. Congrats. Um, and Aviva, Thank you. <laughs> Aviva's actually living currently in North Carolina with her husband, two cats, and four wild animals. I'm not sure if the wild... Oh, oh to children. Oh, yes. okay. I was like, ooh, what are the wild animals? Um, <laughs> when she's not writing, yes, editing, yes. <laughs> or reading diverse children's books, she can be found hiding from housework. No one's actually ever found her. She's super good at hiding and eating popcorn or singing show tunes. So welcome, Aviva, to our show. Welcome. Can I hide with you? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> with the popcorn. Yes, you may. Um, I have a very large house, and since I have so many kids, there are plenty of hiding spots. <laughs> <laughs> Add on to Tasha's two, and the, there'll be a, a running of six running around. It'll yeah, be great. right? Love it. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, most most people um, who have listened to our show know that we'd like to give roses or kudos to moms, um, mahogany moms in the area or just in their life, um, either to uplift or just, you know, uh, prayer or what have you. Shout them out. Yeah, shout them out. Um, so is there a mom in your life that you want to shout out in honor of this episode today? Um, actually, I am going to give some roses to a mom who I do not know personally, mm-hmm. but that would be Ms. Sabrina Fulton, who is Trayvon Martin's mother. Yes. Um, yep. you know, um, Trayvon would have been 25 years old, uh, this past week in early February. Um, and I just think that the way that she has managed to make so much good come out of his death and situation um, has been amazing and inspiring. 
Um, she's currently running for county commissioner yeah. in yeah. Miami-Dade County, yeah. Yeah. which is just wonderful. Like I'm a very, <laughs> I'm a very political person, and I'm always about that. Like be the change you want to see. Mm -hmm. So get on that county commissioner board. <laughs> and make them make our school safer. Mm. So that's who I would give my roses to awesome. um, because she and her son have both been on my mind a lot um, this week and this whole month. Wow. Well, yeah. we're we going to ask you some uh, political questions. I'm sure it'll come to us. Um, so awesome. I'm ready. <laughs> I can take them. <laughs> I love your spirit. Um so you converted to Judaism. How, why, how, what, how, what, what where, where, when, when why, why, huh? <laughs> okay, I actually get this question a lot. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand, my story is a little bit unique. Um, I was married with three children and I was married to a non-Jewish man. Typically, mm. if a married woman converts, it's because she has a Jewish spouse. Um, and obviously I did not. So my rabbi is like, wait, what, <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. But, um, I just, I was raised Baptist and I never felt comfortable in that environment. Um, and so in my early twenties, I just did a lot of exploring I had a friend who was like, hey, you should look at Judaism. It seems to really align with what your beliefs are about God and religion. Um, and the more research I did, the more it spoke to me, not just because of that, but because of the community aspect, the emphasis on family, and because um, if you don't know a lot about Jewish history, um, Jewish people have always been otherized in every society they've ever lived in. Um, and they've many, many times had to leave and felt separate and apart, um, from everyone else. And that's a feeling that I really, really relate to having been one of a handful of black children growing up in a small, small white town in Iowa. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I never really felt like I fit anywhere. Didn't fit in with my um, cousins who were surrounded more by black culture. Mm -hmm. They always were like, oh, we talk so white. Um, <laughs> and then when I, I remember home, that too, um, I was an oddity. Like, why is your hair like this? Let me touch your braids. First mm -hmm. of all, please don't touch my hair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even as a little girl, no, don't touch my hair. But, you know, there was always this feeling of not quite being at home wherever I was. So to be in a community, a faith community of people who also feel that way was really powerful. Wow. So mm -hmm. that's what drew me to Judaism. And I like to say that once I walked through the doors of my synagogue, it felt like coming home and they haven't been able to get rid of me since. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long does it, our questions are because we really don't know. Um, how long does it, did it take you to convert or I guess, do you, do you get a bar about mitzvah? Like, like Tiffany Haddish did? Um, okay. So this is a little, 
it's kind of an involved answer. Okay. Um, Judaism is a spectrum. So you have your ultra Orthodox Jews, like yeah. um, Hasidic Jews and things like that. The people that if you're in New York, you'll see them walking around wearing all black mm-hmm. and the men have like the, I think they're called forelocks mm-hmm. or the, like the curly hair down the oh, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, then you have your modern Orthodox um, Jews who hold um, to the 613 commandments in the Torah, um, which would be the Hebrew Bible. Uh, we don't say Old Testament because for us, there is no New Testament. It's just what it is. Um, and then you have your conservative Jews, which is not like politically conservative, but it's more like they hold to the old ways, but are also more modern. Like in orthodoxy, men and women don't worship together. Mm-hmm. Like they're separated. Um, in a conservative shul, um, it'll be mixed and women can be rabbis and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you have on the super liberal end, um, reform Judaism, reconstructionist Judaism, humanist Judaism. There's so many Judaisms. I don't even know all of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I am a reformed Jew. And so, uh, my conversion process took approximately two years of study um, and then I had to go through a process. Um, it's called going before a bait dean, which is a panel of three rabbis. And they kind of ask you questions about Judaism. Why do you want to be Jewish and all that stuff? And then I went to, uh, the mikvah, which is a ritual bath. Um, it's similar to baptism. Mm-hmm. Like baptism was kind of brought out of that. Um, and you go under and there are prayers that you say. And when you come out, you're a Jewish woman or a Jewish man. Um, so that was the process of me converting. Um, and then there was another part to your question. Now I forgot because I talked too much. No, 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 you're fine. (laughs) This is good. Um, uh, I'll leave. Oh, the other part was about, uh, bar and bat mitzvah. Yeah. Yeah. you don't have a bar or bat mitzvah, which is a common misconception. You become bar or bat mitzvah, bar for boys, bat for girls. Um, bar means son um, and bat means daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so girls have a bat mitzvah. Um, but you become that on your 13th birthday in more liberal Judaism um, in orthodoxy. Girls become bat mitzvah on their 12th birthday and boys become bar mitzvah on their 13th birthday. Um, But so you become it, um, whether you have the big party and the Torah chanting or not. And the significance is that once you have reached that age, whether it's 13 or 12 or whatever your tradition holds, you are considered a Jewish adult. Now, no, you can't drive. (laughs) No, you can't um, vote or come up in my house slamming doors or tell me what you are and are not going to do unless you pay some bills. I say this because my my son is about to start preparing for his bar mitzvah Mm -hmm. and I don't don't know if he's going to make it, 
Um, he's got a little tween age attitude and I'm like, son, I am not your friend. I'm your mama. But anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. but once you, um, become bar or bat mitzvah and you're considered a Jewish adult, um, you count towards a minion. A minion is a gathering of 10 adult Jews in uh, more traditional Orthodox um, context. It would only count if it's 10 men um, in conservative and reform and other liberal streams of Judaism. It's 10 men or women to make a minion. Um, and there are certain prayers that can't be said unless you have a minion hmm. or you can't uh, pull out the Torah scroll and chant from it. So like not even on your own, that, like at home. Oh, go ahead. Like not at home. Like you have to be in the presence of um, 10 others. Right. Right. Okay. You have to be in a group of 10 adult Jewish people um, to say certain prayers and then nobody's going to have a Torah scroll at home because they're really, really expensive. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so you, you're not going to chant Torah um, unless you have a minion also. And um, it's like basically you're coming of age in Jewish tradition um, kind of thing. Like a Kinsan Yera, except Jewish. Jewish, Jewish. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see what you did there. <laughs> so, no, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see the similarities. And so, yeah. Did you experience any challenges during your transition of conversion? Um, I did not actually, and I am finding that my conversion story uh is a little bit different than most people um as far as like being a Jew of color. Mm-hmm. Um I've heard lots of stories of people not being welcomed, made to feel less than, and essentially being run off um, mm. from whatever the Jewish community is. I am lucky that I had the complete opposite experience. Like I was embraced and my family was embraced with open arms. Um, you know, I came to Judaism with three children already. Um, and have since had a fourth, uh, and there, there's never been a time when I didn't feel like my children and I were well, were not welcomed full heartedly into our community. Um, when I travel, which is not as often as I would like now that I have a fourth <laughs> child, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do try to visit local synagogues. Um, we went to one in New York City, uh, one in Barbados, and a couple other places. Oh, right now. Um, and, you know, I don't always get that same welcoming feeling oh. when I go other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get the eye. And I've had, when I've said this to people, they're like, well, maybe it's just because they don't know you. Or maybe it's because you look like you don't have as much money 
And in some places, socioeconomic status is really important. And I have to, I have to bite my tongue Mm -mm. because I'm like, look, when you've been from New York, so she's, she's shaking her head. (laughs) You, you, you know what, what the the look is, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So there, there have been times, uh, in my travels where I have immediately felt uncomfortable sure. um, mm. in a synagogue. And I'm so, so thankful and blessed not to have that experience here in my home community. That's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. I think when you think about Judaism, mm-hmm. it's been perpetuated or the perception of it is that it is anti-Black. Let's just be, mm-hmm. you know, I'll put it out there. Um, right. But Historically, you know, if you dig down in the history, I mean, there's still African countries that practice Judaism to this day, you mm-hmm. know? And, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and that is something that I think Americans in particular don't realize um, that Judaism all over the world, and it is all over the world, looks a lot different than what we think of it. Um, looking like here in America, yeah. like in America, you hear Jewish, you think Jerry Seinfeld, Barbara Streisand, Liza Minnelli, Seth Rogen. You don't think of Rashida Jones mm-hmm. or Lisa Bonet mm-hmm. or, you know, people like that. So we have this perception that Judaism is very, I don't want to say white, more uh, white passing or fair skinned, mm. but Around the world, you have Asian Jews, mm-hmm. you have Jews in the Middle East, mm-hmm. um, like Iran has a Jewish population, although I think it has dwindled. Yeah. Um, and Ethiopia and lots of other countries in Africa have Jewish uh, populations. And we're not talking about like converted to Judaism like I did. Right. They're like hundreds and thousands of years old Jewish people have settled there mm-hmm. and their traditions continue. Yes. Yes. When you think about the Bible and, you know, Jews is mm-hmm. Jews mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And the countries and the places that he has visited, it's in Africa, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. Cool. Oh I my goodness. It. So, what did you, I, I'm, I know, this, I'm going to sound silly. No. What did your husband say when you I don't know if you came home. I don't know if you were already at the house. What was that conversation like when you're like, hey, honey, um, so I've been thinking. Let's go ahead and do this Judaism thing. Well, I will say that the conversation started years before I ever set foot in a synagogue. Um, and my husband is not religious at all. Um, well, he wasn't at the time. Um, and he was like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? You think that you're Jewish? And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure. So we had that conversation for several years. And then the day that I went, um, I would just let him know. I was like, I'm going to take this, uh, beginning Judaism class and we'll see what happens. And I came home and he knew. <laughs> Uh, oh. <laughs> like for for months for months I just tried to play it off I was like no no no, no. I'm just I'm exploring I'm <laughs> giving it a try and he was like no you're not <laughs> you're you're there, <laughs> you're um, there. and so 
Right. And so he was like, I don't have any interest in converting or being Jewish. He was like, but I understand that this is something you need for you. And that it also means that our children will be converting because part of the conversion process is agreeing to create a Jewish home and raise Jewish children. And so he was like, look, I'm not buying in. I don't really want to go to services. And you tell me when to be there. I will be there. And I am totally supportive of creating a Jewish home for our Jewish children. Um, and that is unusual. <laughs> so he did. I mean, he was all in. We stopped celebrating Christmas um, and only did Hanukkah. There are some, um, at the time, we were an interfaith family, meaning that both parents aren't Jewish. Um, and there are a lot of interfaith families that do Christmas and Hanukkah. And I was like, dude, that's not for me. And he was like, okay. So we were a Hanukkah only house. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's a lot to celebrate. It it's is. Like, it's like seven um, days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Christmas too. And he just really, really embraced what we needed to do for our kids. And he said, you know, whether I'm going to do this for myself or not, our kids are not going to build a Jewish identity if they don't see that mom and dad are both on the same page. Like mm. I have to buy in at least as much uh, so that they'll know that this is our family, even if dad is not technically Jewish. And I really, really appreciated that uh, support because believe me, I needed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are, there are black Jewish people. I know a few. I don't know a ton. So any support that I can get from anywhere was welcome um, to help me create a Jewish home for our kids and help them create Jewish identities. Uh, and he really, really went above and beyond because I'm crazy. <laughs> and I'm just going to put that out there. Like, I, well, I shouldn't say crazy. I do have mental illnesses, but in addition, like I have obsessive compulsive disorder um, and that's a form of anxiety. But besides that, I'm also crazy. <laughs> and I was like, well, the public school isn't really meeting our children's needs. So why don't we explore sending them to Jewish day school? And he was like, what? <laughs> was, this be, was this before the conversion? Like, was this, was this before you told him, okay, let, I'm going to go to the synagogues now? Or was this like no, after? No, no, no. This, this, was, this after. was after. Okay. Like, we had been living a Jewish life, um, for, gosh, uh, 18 months, getting really close to my conversion date, actually. Um, and I was, we were having problems with our public school. Um, my children, one of them is on the spectrum. Mm. Uh, he's very high functioning, um, but he's on the spectrum. And I knew this, but the school wouldn't test him for it for budgetary reasons. Mm. And so I was fighting with them over that. My other son has ADHD. Um, and it just got to be a situation that 
I was going to have to go to the school and snap out on somebody. And that's not me. (laughs) So I said, let's explore other options. And we are lucky enough to have a Jewish private school that's preschool through um, eighth grade here in town. And I said, let's check it out and go see it. And he was like, you have lost your mind um, (laughs) because public school is free Mm -hmm. (laughs) and private school is not. And, you know, I went and toured the school and it's a wonderful school. I mean, amazing. Shout out the Nation Day School Mm. in Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm. Um, Amazing, amazing school and able to meet our kids needs a uh, much smaller environment than our public schools and I hate to say it because public school teachers work so hard they really do and they need all of our support but one of the things I love about our school is that it really gives teachers the opportunity to teach like they're not beholden to making sure that kids know a set of things for the end of the year test they can just teach whatever it is that interests the kids while also keeping them on track to be academically prepared to move on from um, our school. But private school tuition is not cheap. (laughs) And he was like, you have really lost your mind until I took him to the school for the tour. And he was like, wow, we need to do whatever we can to send our kids here. Um, and the way that our school works, it's pluralistic, which means we have Orthodox uh, Jewish children who attend all the way up to secular Jewish children who attend. Like they don't belong to a synagogue or anything. Oh, interesting. Um, And, um, at the time, well, I should, you, you have to have at least one of your parents, um, needs to be Jewish in order to go attend the lower school, which starts in kindergarten and upper school, which is fifth through eighth. Um, I believe that has since changed. Um, but at the time that's what you needed. And I wasn't Jewish yet. Um, I had been studying, but I was not quote unquote official. (laughs) So we had to get kind of a special, dispensation to enroll our kids because I was very far along in the conversion process. And I was like, I a would like them to have this great education, but B having them be immersed daily in Jewish study um, as far as Hebrew classes and prayer services and things like that. I felt would be really helpful to building that connection between them and Judaism, especially because when I started this process, my oldest child was like seven. Mm. Um, And that's, that's old. I mean, it's not old, but it's old to suddenly be like, Oh, there's, there's no Christmas. Like, like what's going on, mama. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really wanted, that opportunity to show them that we may be leaving some things behind, but look at all of the things that we're gaining. Gotcha. You mentioned like that one of the reasons why you wrote the book or um, is because 
you weren't seeing enough uh, diversity in the literature. Yes. Yeah. So as um, I, there, go ahead. No, no, I, I was actually going to ask. So with that, um, how are you incorporating diversity now since now that you, you have the kids in a, uh, a Hebrew school? Mm-hmm. Or do they incorporate um, diversity? I, I'm I, again, we're not familiar. So, well, one good thing about our school is that even though it is small, we do have um, other Jewish families of color who attend. I mean, not a ton, but they do have um, um, a couple other classmates who are black. Um, brown <laughs> and things like that, which my kids are biracial. So I guess they're brown. They have dark skin, except the two babies. They're very light. I don't know where they came from. <laughs> but um, they uh, do get that diversity um, through their school as much as possible. Um, there are a lot of families from Israel. Um, and Israeli families tend to be a little more dark skinned, <laughs> um, than again, um, what we think of as Jewish in America. Mm-hmm. But they are missing, um, a lot of what I would consider black culture. And I know this, um, because a lot of that happens in the church. And they don't go to the church. <laughs> they go to a school that, while it does have uh, families of color in it, is predominantly white. It's a small school, um, probably about 100, 120 kids um, outside of the preschool, and that's K through 8. Mm. But um, I love it. I mean, at first I was like, wow, that's not a lot. But I love that it's so small. Everybody knows everybody. Um I know their teachers really well. Uh, they get a lot of individual attention, but they are missing that experience of growing up with kids um, like them, you know, yeah. with darker skin and stuff like that. And I will be honest, I haven't done as good of a job making sure they're exposed to black culture other than our family as I could have. Um, and just lately, I've been looking at ways to remedy that. Um, my oldest is about to turn 12, and he has finally expressed an interest in a sport. Not that I push that on him, but he's a very athletic kid. It's weird to me that he had to be almost 12 to say this, but he was like, I'd really like to play basketball. So now I'm looking for... Um, a team here in town. Of course, there are several, um, but I'm looking for one specifically with a diverse mix of uh, children on it. You know, black kids, brown kids, Asian kids, and some white kids too, um, so that he can get some of that diversity that was lacking in my upbringing. Hmm. Any signs in wearing your husband down through this education <laughs> and all that? <laughs> Is he? Is he, he said wearing him down. Wearing him down. Is he open? What's what? Where is he? What's his stance? <laughs> Rabbi's calling him probably right what? now. <laughs> no, we're home. He actually. Oh, oh my gosh. He right after our 
uh, youngest daughter was born, he was like, I'm ready to convert. <gasps> and I was like, okay. <laughs> Uh, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, um, contact the rabbi all on your own. That has nothing to do with me. Um, and I was totally in my mind, I'm in my mind. I'm thinking, please, 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 please. please." (laughs) And outside I'm like, she over there texting the rabbi on the side. Like, like, it's go time. It's going down. It's going down. (laughs) Yes. And my outside face though was like, whatever you want to do, honey. I, I will, I'll support you because mm-hmm. you know, you act too excited and then it goes away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but <laughs> we went and sat down and had a meeting um, with my rabbi and it was about something else. And then at the end of it, uh, Josh, my spouse says, rabbi, I think that um, I'd like to start the conversion process. And of course, you know, they talk briefly about that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And I have kind of an attitude. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> um, this is what you've been waiting for. I know. And, and people are always so shocked. They're like, you don't present yourself that way at all. And I'm like, duh, not in public. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my rabbi is my friend. Like we went through this process. Um, this long two-year process and we got to know each other really well. But he was like, Jamie, sorry, because Jamie is my legal name. Mm. Aviva is my Hebrew name. Okay. But he said, he said, I don't want to hear any whining or crap from you (laughs) about the fact that your husband's conversion is going to take a lot less time than yours oh. because he'd already been living in a Jewish oh, home, yeah. raising Jewish kids. He didn't have as much to learn as I did starting from scratch. And I was like, Rabbi, you will hear nothing from me mm-hmm. about anything. It was like, in fact, I'm not even here. <laughs> I, ha- I have nothing to say good, bad, or otherwise, because I'm not messing this up. I love it. I am not messing this up. I, and I was totally being <laughs> so like facetious when I said that, <laughs> oh, too. What? No, I was just saying. My that. husband went through the, went through the process, yeah. and last August, he converted. So oh, now we are a fully Jewish family. Congratulations, awesome. sir. Thank you. And I was totally being <laughs> facetious in, in my question. Like, I was just like tongue-in-cheek, like, you know, because you mentioned that. He was he was he, he seemed very staunch and adamant about not doing that. But kudos to him, man. He's enjoying it. Yeah. You know, he, he was very staunch, but again... I have an attitude. (laughs) No, no, I didn't put any pressure on him, but I think just with living in a Jewish home um, and having a wife and kids who are very immersed in our Jewish community meant he spent a lot of time hanging out and feeling welcome and just I don't know. He just said that at some point he just realized that he also felt Jewish. And I was like, honey, that's wonderful. Talk to the rabbi. And I'm going to sit over here in my head going, please, 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 please. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite holiday? Uh, Or do I even call it? My favorite holiday. Okay. So my wonderful rabbi, I have two wonderful rabbis. They always say, what's my favorite holiday? It's whatever one is next. Eh, wrong. Mm-hmm. My favorite holiday 
is the festival of Sukkot, also called um, the Festival of Boots, and it takes place in the fall. It's one of the lesser known um, holidays here in America, but it's actually one of the more important ones in Judaism. Mm. Um, and for eight days, you are supposed to build a temporary structure outside. Um, and it's supposed to be reminiscent of the um, huts. The Hebrew word is sukkah mm. um, that the Israelites uh, lived in when they wandered the desert for 40 years. And okay. you build the structure. And then you are supposed to spend as much time during the festival outside in it as possible. You invite people to come eat with you. And it's just about getting outside and fellowship, family, spending time. And gives me an opportunity to decorate. Because oh. <laughs> you put the, sukkah, put the sukkah up. And yes, it can be a simple structure. It can also be the sukkah of my dreams. <laughs> so <laughs> she should. Right. When when we have not had one for the past two years, um, because my youngest was born like two weeks before Sukkot in 2018. And last year, um, that was right when my book, Edward's Big Shabbat Question, was kind of taking off. And so we didn't um get one put up. But I will have one in 2020. Woohoo! What are um, the dates? High water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and when I do get them, I go way overboard with decorations. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. When are the and dates? It's what, really what are the dates of the holiday? To have people people over. Like that's the best because you're outside. Sometimes I don't have people over to my house as often as I should because I have a bunch of kids and my house looks crazy, but they don't have to come in the house for Sukkot. Like, we eat outside. That's hmm. wonderful. <laughs> nice. When, when is it? You said it was in the fall. What what dates is it around? It is. Um. Well, the Jewish calendar is lunar rather than solar. Oh. Um, so our holidays kind of move around. Um, one year it might be in September, like late September. Another year it'll be in early October or late October. So somewhere in there. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned um, your, your book. Um, how's been the response? Ben, I see you doing um, book deals. The response has blown me away. So I wrote this book um, called Ezra's Big Shabbat Question, and it's based on my family. Um, the illustrations are, you know, my kids, my husband, me, my house. Um, and I thought, like, the main character is based on my second son, uh, he's the one who is um, on the spectrum, very high-functioning um, autism. Uh, and he does this. Like, the character in the book gets fixated on this tiny, tiny detail about Judaism, like, in a question. 
And so he just starts asking everyone and <laughs> continues until he gets the answer. And that is my baby to a T. <laughs> um, but I wrote, I wrote this book and I thought to myself, okay, my mama's going to get a copy. I'll get a copy. Maybe I'll sell some to people here in my community. Um, and then, you know, I created an Instagram account and a Facebook page and started, you know, talking about diversity and Judaism and all of these things and built up a small following. Um, and that was really cool. And then after the book was released, my local newspaper, the Greensboro News and Record, um, wrote a really awesome feature about uh, me and my book. And it was shared hundreds of times. And wow. all of a sudden, Amazon sold out of my book. Hey. Wow. And <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. Thank you <laughs> to everybody <laughs> who, who, who got a copy. <laughs> um, and then uh, I also sell my books through my website and I had orders pouring in. And I just like one day I just sat there and cried. I'm like, I can't believe that my story about my family has gone so far. I mean, the furthest I'm aware of, uh, I sold the book to a lady in Hong Kong. Wow. And I was like, wow, I have never even been there. And my baby, my book baby and my baby baby are there. So <laughs> it's just been an amazing experience to see people. And also a learning experience. Like, apparently, I was not the only person looking for books that feature dark-skinned Jewish children. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah, that was a really, I was surprised. I guess I shouldn't have been, but I was. And I'm just overjoyed um, that so many people have responded well to the book. And I almost always hear things like, it's so real. And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. Because I basically just ripped, you know, an episode of Family Life and put it on the page. And then I also have people who say, thank you, thank you, thank you for writing this book. You know, I have biracial Jewish kids in my family or, you know, I know a family and... It just—it's heartwarming. I don't want to yeah. be all emotional. I don't want to no, be all okay. emotional, but no. it really it's, makes me feel good. That's wonderful. Um, that's great. It, it really does. Oh. Well, as we as we close yeah. out, like where where can people find the book? How do people follow you? Yeah. Um, give us all the social media uh, details, please. Yes. Okay. So I am on Instagram and Facebook. And my handle on both is avivabrown.author. Um, and then I also have a website, which is www.avivabrown.com. Um, and you can go there and read about what I'm doing, read that blog that I need to update <laughs> <laughs> and order my book. 
um, Ezra's big Shabbat question. And pretty soon, um, probably in the next month or so, uh, you'll be able to pre-order my second book, which is called, yes, can't rest on those laurels. Mm -hmm. Um, My second book is called Aura, Summer Camp Stowaway. Aura is a beautiful Hebrew name, which means white. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the main character in that story is based on my daughter. Um, and it's about a Jewish girl who is tired of being told she's too young to go to summer camp, Jewish summer camp. Um, <laughs> and so that will be released in early April, sometime between April 1st and April 15th. I'm trying to figure out when I will have books in my hand. Um, but I'm really excited for that um, upcoming project and hope that the response is just as good for that one as it has been for my book, Ezra's Big Shabbat Question. So awesome. follow me on Instagram. Uh, you can see me being silly yeah. <laughs> and my kids being silly. Um, I, I really, I have no chill. <laughs> you'll see me you'll see me dancing you'll see me singing badly uh pictures of my dirty house <laughs> because I'm like look um this is my real life you'll also get to hear about what it's like uh for us living our Jewish life and learn some things about Judaism uh hear things about other diverse books and things that I'm learning about other cultures and that I'm trying to teach my children. Um, I don't know. I think it's just a lot of fun. I hope that the people who follow me think that it's fun, or at least I make them feel better about themselves. (laughs) (laughs) I will post pictures of the cookies that I burnt (laughs) (laughs) while I was trying to, trying to, um, well, I was going to say Martha Stewart, but and I was trying to think of Jewish Martha Stewart and her name slipped my mind. Ooh. Jamie Geller. Jamie oh. Geller. Well, I'm trying to Jamie Geller it up and bake my cookies and all this stuff from scratch and then get busy. And before you know it, they're burnt. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, them cookies being burnt didn't stop them from making it onto the gram. Okay. because that's real life awesome (laughs) well thanks Aviva thank you for your insight and your perspective yes thank you so so much for allowing me to talk about uh, my experiences and upcoming projects and I'm just so happy like I've listened to so many of your podcasts and it's so relatable like uh, I just I just love hearing about um I listened to the one about uh, choosing private school uh, and the things that you don't know. And the whole time I'm like cleaning my room, have it going and saying to myself, yes, yes, that's exactly why we pick private school. You know, yes, it is so expensive. And yes, they want me to be there all the time. And I am there. With my baby strapped onto me. So that's the thing that I always ask. They're like, oh, can you come help us do that? And I'm like, oh, can Mimi come too? Yes, then I will be there. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to say thank you, ladies, for bringing uh, Mahogany Moms together and giving us a space to talk and also learn from each other because that's really important. 
I'm not gonna Someone's cutting onions. No, no, nah, no. Nah. Nah. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm we will, slightly emotional. Sorry. We will include all of your information in our show notes for our listeners if they want to find more information and possibly uh, pre-order a book maybe or two or three. I don't and know. Four or five, know? yeah. 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 And <laughs> so. yeah. hey, I just want to say, even if you're not Jewish, it's a learning experience. Yeah, like, sure. Everybody oh, needs it. <laughs> Everybody needs a copy. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a great. It looks like a great like children's book just to even like learn about something different, you know, yeah. for them in, in their way. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's continue the conversation through our listener comments and questions in our Facebook group. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can also email us at mahoganymomology at gmail.com. Don't forget to get your t-shirt and mug on our website, mahoganymomology.com. Until next time, this is Tosh. And I'm Mel. And we thank you for listening to Mahogany Mammology. Bye-bye. <laughs>